hey, everybody, I need to make sure I have everybody's current hit points and everyone's. You don't need that. No, I do, because if my dice are going to kill you, I'd like to be the first to know. <laughs> Reva, how many hit points do you have? 52 out of 59. Kay. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I think you said that last time. <laughs> yep, yep. Ira, what's your hit point situation? <laughs> 15 out of 27. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Oh, All no. right. It's the bar knock life for us. <laughs> Previously on Bad Heroes, Lena pulls the crossbow bolt out of her chest and gasps. Wow, that's painful. I hope that felt good, Gideon, because it's the last thing you'll ever do. Ira is going to be addressing the pack. Before you cast your stones, look first in your own home. Lena is the one to blame for the attack, the one who severed the pact. She is the true enemy of the pack. There are still wolves protecting Lena, but there are only five werewolves who look like they're mad at you. In the hands of a talented manipulator, these five look ready to tear you limb from limb. Gideon is going to summon an icicle dagger and hand it over to Reva. I have a bad idea. When do you not? <laughs> She's going to slide down this log and try to leap between the two werewolves past their heads <sighs> and land on the other side. Is there an emotion for shitting pants? Ira, you have this tent between you and this werewolf, and you can see her claws and her teeth snapping through, ripping through this fabric, and one of her hands rakes over your arm, and it cuts pretty deep. Ira goes, <laughs> You hear something crashing through the trees. Two black bears burst through the trees and into the clearing, and beside them, you see Ivan's horse. And beside Ivan's horse, you see a giant spider. What are you doing? And their silhouettes are backlit by three flying fire beetles. Tonmir, you're feeling a lot of confusion. <laughs> Gideon, you see that one of the bears has blue markings on its body. You realize those are runes. They're elven runes. Oh my god. And in the night sky above, you see Rulthuin, screeching as he dives towards the fray. It's the Ton Bear. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> Are we ready? Yes. yes. No. <laughs> <laughs> Tonrir, roll initiative. Because you, my good sir, are now controlling nearly half of the combatants in this wild ass fight. Yes, I am. Um, 18. And do you want to use, do you want to do separate initiatives for all of your creatures or do you want to just control your zoo at once? Control the zoo at once. It'll make it easier for everyone. Yes, it most certainly will. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Tonrir, you're going to go uh, right after Gideon. Okay. Okay. So, Tonrir has just shown up with one, two, three, four, se seven, seven creatures, including <laughs> himself. We have Tonbear. We have Bear Bear. <laughs> we have Ivan's horse. We have that fucking giant spider that I wish would stop coming back to the game. <laughs> and for some reason, we have three beetles. And Gideon looks over and just... 
<laughs> okay, and let's save uh, me. Let's put something clear on the board. Only Gideon saw the markings on Tonrir. Okay. Yeah. So, so only I know that help has come. That it's that it's Tonbear. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gideon doesn't say anything. Of course. Good. Just let the confusion play out. Well, she she feels relief. So I don't know if Riva can feel that through the bond. Yeah, I think Riva can. But Ira is clueless in the tent, bleeding out. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I wouldn't say Ira's bleeding out, but Ira's definitely um, having a bad time in there. I'm a little distracted. There's still a giant werewolf over Ira, like kind of like half pinning Ira and Solus to the ground and still going. Oh, yes. I remember the strangled scream. Going ham. <laughs> hey, is the other, does the other bear have like markings? Does it only have one eye? Is there a scar over one eye? Are you asking if this bear is Ning? Yes. This bear has two eyes, so it does not appear to be Ning. Okay. What about the horse? Does the horse have two eyes? <laughs> what about the spider? The, the spider, spider has all the animals. The, it, would be, it would be hard to tell if the spider was missing an eye because it has so <laughs> many eyes. Okay, so I have a question. Besides Ivan's horse, are these like conjured creatures? Like, are they constructs? Do they disappear from existence when this fight ends? Or did you just recruit random beings in the forest? <laughs> uh, these are recruited from the forest because otherwise oh. I would have brought wolves along, of which there are <laughs> okay. none in the forest. There are no uh, damn wolves yeah. in Socialia. Okay, <laughs> so they're real animals. That's unfortunate because if they were constructs, I rarely kill anything in this game, but if they were constructs, then my werewolves could eat them. But they are real animals, so now I will have to deal with them. Well, with they're only going to be around for a level of care five rounds they will only be around for five rounds that's how long the summon lasts and then they just leave they're wait they're just, okay they just hold peace on out. they're like well this was fun anyway <laughs> the, the spell wears off Bye. and they're like why was i here are you are you telling me that you have decreed that in my beautiful forest there's a giant spider <laughs> no 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 i have not decreed that i have decreed that in your beautiful forest there are three giant spiders <laughs> <laughs> least this is one of them god damn collaborative storytelling okay <laughs> reva can just feel that gideon now feels relieved probably can't see why past all those werewolves and things yeah i think like in reva's sort of peripheral vision she can see that there's some kind of a commotion going on at the edge of camp and it has gideon relieved <laughs> <laughs> but there's so many things in her line of sight that like she doesn't really have time to look into it further right now Fair enough. All right. It is the Guardian's turn. Ira, you have just been scratched. Indeed. <laughs> Solus and you are kind of pinned under this tent that is collapsing. There are potion bottles rolling on the floor past you. There are salves and powders that are just have just fallen everywhere. It's actually a very colorful scene, almost rave-like. <laughs> so there's potions rolling past you and bowls of powder that have been toppled over. And through this tent, the top of the tent is being shredded by this werewolf who is on top of you. So you feel this weight. You see this huge shadow and you see jaws and you see teeth. And then for a split second, you see another huge shadow looming above the tent. And then the werewolf who is on you who had you and Solus tangled up in this tent, 
they disappear because they have been hauled up bodily by Harlow and thrown several feet away. Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Thank you. (laughs) And now you own a life debt to Harlow. (laughs) (laughs) And then Harlow and that gray wolf, that female wolf who scratched you, they are now locked in combat, circling one another and snarling and slashing and biting. And with a lunge, Harlow sinks their teeth into that wolf and the wolf howls in pain. Was Harlow one of the wolves in between me and these two? No. The wolves that are kind of protecting you right now is Rora and Orland. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> you and Solas have kind of collectively been knocked over, and I think Solas maneuvers you off of him and says like, oh fuck, little buddy, uh, oh shit. And like looks at your scratch. Where was Iris scratched? On the arm. The arm, yeah. Like along okay. your bicep. Yeah, I think Iris just kind of like looks at it and touches it a little bit and is like, oh, God, that's that's not good. He looks at Solus and looks at the potions all around and is like, there wouldn't happen to be anything here that might help with that, is there? Uh, mm, boy, getting attached to you sure is hazardous to my feelings. Come here. Oh. <laughs> 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 and starts digging around for stuff and he's like i mean i got i got like healing stuff but i mean the truth is like we don't know how to stop the curse i i, I can try like i hold on and there are bowls that have been like put face down and he's like tipping them over and looking for something and manages to find some powder some like sort of iridescent blue powder and says like hey uh this is gonna hurt i'm sorry and presses it into the wound and it does hurt it does hurt a lot And he also like grabs a couple small purple vials and pushes one into your hand and says, Drink this. You'll feel better. Okay. He's looking at your scratch, but he's looking at it grimly. This is where we input the theme song to Cat Dog, right? (laughs) (laughs) God damn it. Ira's going to knock back that purple liquid really quick. And he's starting to get kind of antsy. He feels like he needs to, like, get back out there and, and help out. So he knocks that back really quick. Okay, you you regain three hit points. Ooh. A pleasant surprise. <laughs> oh, yeah, that that helps a lot. Um, is there more of that for later? <laughs> <laughs> Just wondering. Uh, yeah, he has pressed, like, two more of these small vials into your hands. Yeah, I mean, I think Ira's going to hang on to them for other people. Okay. I thought Ira was like, top me off, Barky. <laughs> <laughs> now, the thing is, you know from healing magic and potions and all that stuff that usually when you drink it, if you have an active wound, that wound will start to close. That doesn't happen. Oh, good. You could maybe take some of the tattered tent and make a bandage. <laughs> and Ira's turn will happen in a second. Oh, okay. I was slipping in Solus's turn. So contemplate your fate, <laughs> and I'll, I'll keep panning around to the Guardians, if that's okay with you. Uh-huh. Okay. And Rora and Orland are still creating this barrier between Gideon and these two other werewolves, but these other werewolves, they are they're not in control of themselves. Whereas Rora and Orland, I mean, they know these people. These are like their neighbors or their relatives or their friends, and so they are kind of pulling their punches And because they are pulling their punches and these other werewolves are not, even though Rora and Orland are 
probably superior fighters, they're kind of losing. They're both trying to be very careful of you and also like not gore these people that they know who have been manipulated by Lena. So the werewolves who are near you are getting closer to you all the time. And from beneath you, Gideon, Pack says, is John Rear a fucking bear? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how does Pax know? Well, I guess they could smell it, couldn't they? Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> and Gideon just says, yeah, I guess he does that now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Tondra's a fucking bear, and there's a spider here, which I hate, and also, where the fuck is Lena? I am so, so fucking angry at her right now. You want to go get her? Fuck yeah, I do. I was contemplating whether Gideon should hop off and let Pax go do that, and then I was mm. like, nope. Gideon wants out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can certainly do that if you if you want to let Pax do that. No, Gideon Gideon wants out of this particular location. <laughs> mm, yeah, it's getting worse by the second. So that is the Guardians. <sighs> All right. So something something happens. Hate it when you say that. I <laughs> didn't hate it last time. Another thing. <laughs> Yeah, last time it worked out pretty good. It, it won't this time. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody give me Will saving throws, please. Frick frack. <sighs> Will's here again. Fucking Will. <laughs> 13. Mm. Uh, mm. 16. Mm-hmm. Yes, 15. Iron Will plus two. Oh, okay, that's added in here. Ooh, 14. Mm. Not great, guys. Oh, no. All right. It is familiar at this point because at this point it's happened so many times. You feel that presence in your mind. You feel Lena. Fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) I'm busy. (laughs) And you get the impression that wherever she is right now, she is watching you. She's watching all of you. You have that feeling like eyes on the back of your neck. And because this has happened so many times, you are all anticipating her voice but it doesn't come yet ira it is your turn okay so ira is still in the tent with solus just drank some potion yep so ira is going to see some of the tent that's like shredded and rip off a piece of like the shredded tent and start wrapping it around their arm Mm -hmm. really quickly tie it around the wound and is going to peek out of the tent to see What's going on? What does Iris see? Chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Sheer pandemonium. <laughs> when you peek out of the tent, you see Gideon on Pax with Roar and Orlin to her left. And then just beyond them, getting closer all the time, you see two very angry werewolves. To your right and towards the fire, you see <laughs> Riva standing beside, nearly between two very angry werewolves, a large black werewolf and a large brown werewolf. Well, you see the hmm? the silhouette of Riva since she's so dark. Yeah, <laughs> or, perha- to see. or perhaps you don't see Riva. Perhaps you just see these two <laughs> werewolves seemingly very angry at nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and then beyond Gideon, beyond Pax, beyond Rora and Orland and those two werewolves, you see two bears, one covered in blue runes. You see a horse, who you know to be Ivan's horse. You see a giant spider. <laughs> <laughs> and that whole sort of party seems to be illuminated by something. 
And that something is those three beetles. So that's new. I don't think I've ever seen that before. <laughs> I picture like Scooby-Doo style. You and Solus both poke your heads out of the tent. <laughs> and his, his head is like a massive wolf head and your head is a small your head. Your eyes just go wide like, oh, bears. <laughs> and you're both like, but... But but why? <laughs> I think what what happens is Ira is scanning from like Riva and is like, okay, yeah, that's normal. And then Gideon, <laughs> uh huh, okay. And then Bear and Ira is like, ah, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and then the double take. <laughs> wait a fucking second. Well, how close am I to to Gideon? You are pretty close to Gideon. You're like ten feet from Gideon. Yeah, it's a ten foot. How how many feet is an arm? It's an arm. How many feet is an arm? Your, it depends how big you are. Sorry? <laughs> I, know, I know what you're asking. On your sheet, there should be... I, I don't know what you're asking. There's a... Your typical reach is five feet. It should be on your Fucking sheet. Inspector Gadget? <laughs> now, if you're Michael Jordan at the end of Space Jam, <laughs> it is the length of a basketball court. Your arm is many feet. Upon rewatch, a lot of things in that movie are horrifying. <laughs> That's a body horror stuff. Yeah. Space Jam spoilers. Yeah. Now, okay, if you haven't seen Space Jam at this point, I don't fucking know what to tell you. It can't be a spoiler anymore. It's been out for so long. That's like being like Ghostbuster spoilers. There are ghosts. (laughs) Oh, man, I'll go watch that later. Uh, How bad is Gideon and, and Reva looking? I'm chill. Gideon looks the same as she did after you all rested in the tauntry. Which is to say, she doesn't look great. She looks okay. <laughs> I'm not at my best, but I'm I'm fine. <laughs> sort of the shadow area that you assume is Reva. Is Reva <laughs> looks pretty looks good. It's a good looking shadow. Looks 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 hardy. That's a good looking void over there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Ira, what are you gonna do? Well, I'm considering helping Gideon out with like a cure light wounds and throwing a potion. Because I don't know how helpful I'd be in any other way, like trying to attack. I don't know why, but for some reason, that image in my head just seemed to be Ira being like, yes, this is a good idea. And then throwing the potion without saying anything and it just bonking Gideon in the head. Like, (laughs) what did you expect to happen there? (laughs) Yeah, throwing the vial is a free action. Maybe tell her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Maybe I mean, a little heads what, I, up. what I would do is get closer to Gideon and put my hand on her shoulder. That's why you wanted to know the arm feats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so Ira inches five feet towards Gideon and puts out his, wow, that was a quick inch, <laughs> and puts out, puts out his uh, arm to her shoulder. Hopefully Gideon like feels it and looks back. Does that happen? <laughs> like you're you're tapping Gideon on the shoulder, basically. Yeah, basically. Yeah, she'll she'll turn to look. Okay, and then Ira will hand the potion over to Gideon, and at the same time, we'll just say a, a few words and cast cure light wounds. This is like a a weird stealth drug transaction you're doing here. <laughs> Just silently tapping Gideon on the shoulder and slipping her a vial. Rev and I have recently started geocaching. And so much of geocaching is discovering places where you could hand off drugs if you wanted to. <laughs> uh, that's true. <laughs> what are those words? Uh, what does Iris say? Uh... I think you hesitate for a second. 
and you hear that voice. Mm. <laughs> you hear that voice in the back of your mind. And it's no longer that flat, monotonous voice. It's just Lena's voice. And then you hesitate and you hear Ira's Wait, voice. No. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, You talk a big game with that poem, but can't take one hit, can you? That looks like it hurts. You should never have wandered into these woods, kitty cat. That doesn't rhyme. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, on the next thing you do, where you have to roll, I need you to take a minus two. No. Well, (laughs) a minus two what? (laughs) Well, that depends on what they do, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Ira shakes his head and looks at Gideon while hand is on her shoulder and is thinking to himself, like, I'm not here to fight, I'm here to support. And then looks at Gideon and says... I got you, and Aww. cast Cure Light Wounds, and so that's 1d8 plus 5, which is 8, plus 5 minus 2, which is... 11? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so plus 11? Yes. That's great. Yeah. That's some good shit. <laughs> I am almost back to good as new. Gideon looks better. <laughs> Her hair suddenly nice. puts itself back in the butt. <laughs> I was going to say, her hair is suddenly nice and neat again. That's what Cure Wounds does. <laughs> yeah, hair it, gets fixed. It fixes your, your hair. hair. You have that luminance of lumin, luminance. Lumin, fuck. You're, it's too early. No, not that. <laughs> Luminescence. <laughs> and, and a new villain is on the scene. Okay. Gideon kind of just like rolls her shoulders and then glances over at Ira and says, Thanks. Ira just like knocks his head. <laughs> nice, okay. And then inches five feet back. Directly behind you is the path towards Sosalia, and then to your right is the tent you were, well, it was a tent, the pile of, <laughs> you know, supplies wrapped in a fallen tent to your right. So which way do you want to go? Yeah, back to Solus. Okay. All right, so you step back towards the tent, and that is Ira's turn. Reva, it is you. You are <laughs> you are now face to face in melee range with two extraordinarily angry werewolves. One of them, the large black werewolf, has a cut along the side of his throat and it is frozen over because you dealt that cut with Gideon's ice dagger. And they both just look mad as hell. All right, everything is going to plan. <laughs> <laughs> Is it? So next to Riva, there is a stump with a, like a hatchet stuck in it. Mm-hmm. And there's also a pile of firewood. Right. Directly in front of you are the two werewolves. To your right is a stump with a hatchet in it and a pile of firewood, like a pretty large pile of firewood. And then beyond that is the extinguished fire pit and logs around it. And on the other side is like a big cauldron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, cool. So basically what happened was Reva did her running jump between the two werewolves. She lands on her feet on the other side and without breaking momentum, grabs that hatchet and tries to pull it free from the stump. (laughs) Okay, yeah, you can do that. Does she? That's easy. Yeah, no problem. Okay. And then she's going to keep running. Okay. And make a running jump. Run, boy, run. (laughs) Make a running jump over that stack of firewood and... basically kick it over sending like just like chunks of wood like rolling across the ground 
scattered all over, like between her and the werewolves that are pursuing her. Are you are you doing that thing like in Home Alone where you're trying to get away? So you drop a bag of marbles <laughs> and everybody starts tripping on marbles. Is that what you're doing? But firewood? It's like every chase sequence in an action movie where like the person running away is just like pulling over shelves and like knocking things over. OK. All right. So you're trying to put all this firewood like in their way by like creating a big disaster. Yeah. And I thought that I would like play this sort of as a dirty trick. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's that sounds exactly like what the mechanic dirty trick is for. So dirty trick will check your combat maneuver against the werewolf's combat maneuver defense. And if you succeed, you can give them the entangled condition, which is just like their movement is impeded and it doesn't entirely stop their movement, but they are like, they're going to have trouble moving because there's a bunch of firewood under their big old feet. So Give me a combat maneuver check as you run over this firewood. Okay. So the last time I was calculating my like rage bonuses, I actually miscalculated. But my correct combat maneuver bonus while raging is an 11. Okay. Where did the die go? <laughs> Ooh, I rolled a 16. Okay. So 27. Okay. Reva, as you leap cat-like onto this stack of firewood and start running over it and kicking it back, you hear Lena. And she says, Riva, are you running? This is all you do with your life, isn't it? Run from trouble, from mistakes. And your friends think I'm a coward. Wait until they find out about you. God damn it. (laughs) And you take a minus two, uh, but you still got a 25. So you still successfully managed to uh, entangle these two werewolves. And by entangle, I mean trip these two werewolves with a large stack of firewood. As Reva hears this voice, she like jerks her head in annoyance. Like there's like a insect buzzing around her and she's just like, rah. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. All right. Gideon, it's you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gideon's just going to kind of tap Pax on the shoulder and say, do you have any idea where she is? No, I don't know why, but I, I can't smell her. Like, normally, if it was you, like if you just walked off of me and like disappeared into the woods, I could absolutely find you, but I can't smell her. I have no idea where she is. She must be doing something that makes this happen because she's been around us a lot throughout all of this bullshit, but we've never been able to find her. Could she have gotten far? I mean, not on foot, no. Since there's friendlies between Pax and I and the bad werewolves, Mm -hmm. there wouldn't be an attack of opportunity if we left, right? No. Okay. Then yeah, Gideon's going to say... should we try and search the perimeter? If she can't have gotten far, then we might be able to find her. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? And just tell me where you want to go. We last saw her over here, right? Mm-hmm. You last saw her on the north side of camp. North of the fire. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go try and search even more north of that area and kind of around it. Okay, cool. We also don't know where those suck-up werewolves went. They are still there, but they have they have calmed down. Like, they're not actively trying to stop you necessarily. They just didn't want you to shoot someone again in front of them. 
but they're kind of watching this fight. And the energy of the other werewolves in camp watching this fight, it's kind of like <sighs> they're starting to look more activated. You know, their fur is starting to stand up. They're looking stressed. Imagine you're at like a doggy daycare and there's like <laughs> 30 dogs or whatever. And a few dogs get into a fight. Most of the other dogs are going to be calm. But then two bears and a fucking spider and three beetles show up and everyone is screaming and everything is getting intense. So like the dogs are all getting activated and they're starting to like snap at each other. They're starting to look activated and it looks like more werewolves may jump into the fray because why the fuck are there two bears and a big fucking spider in what's basically their living room? Way to escalate, Tonrear. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, they're not actively attacking anybody right now. And I think, you know, if you run past them right now, you're not going to take attacks of opportunity. Okay, then, yeah, we'll just scooch on by them and try and see if we can find any sign of where she might have gone. Okay, so you point towards the north side of camp and Pax leaps over the table and lands between the fire pit and those large logs and then leaps again over the fire pit and pushes their way between the other wolves. I think there's like one werewolf that like snaps reflexively as you pass and Pax whips around and lets out a huge growl and that werewolf backs down. And you manage to leap to the north side of camp. Now, I <laughs> want you to give me a perception check. 15 plus, why do I keep losing my character sheet? 8, 23. Tell me, like, how you're looking. With, with my eyes. <laughs> Thank you. Are you just looking around for, like, footsteps? Or, like, are you just looking around for, like, Lena's actual person? What are you doing? Gideon's probably trying to see if Pax can use their nose to any extent, even though they said that they couldn't really smell much from the first position, but maybe now that we're closer. Okay. All right. And Gideon is probably just going to be trying, because she has, what's it called? Dark vision? Yeah. So she's trying to just kind of like scan around with her eyes and see if she can notice any typical signs that you would use to follow somebody with tracking, like footprints or broken sticks or things moved out of the way, things like that. Okay, so you're doing sort of a cursory look around just for things out of place, footsteps, and you're sort of leaning on packs to use their incredible senses to try to smell Lena. And Pax just growls in frustration because they can't. I mean, they can't smell her anywhere. And it seems to be very confusing to them because it sounds like normally they can. And you look around and you don't really see anything out of place. And you hear that voice. And that voice says, I thought you were royalty, Gideon. Would a true Greyfrost fail so spectacularly? You're supposed to be a dragon. Pax may feel a little bit of cold <laughs> from their back where Gideon is. Okay. Because Gideon's, Gideon's angry. And I assume Tanri and Riva can also feel that too. Mm-hmm. So Tanri and Riva, you feel Gideon starting to get angry, and the air around Gideon literally begins to get colder. And I think there were several werewolves that were kind of near you, and as they feel the literal air start to get cold and nearly freeze, they step back. <laughs> <laughs> so Gideon is frustrated and angry, and she's going to... 
tap Pax on the shoulder again and say, ah, I think we should check out. I was about to say Ning's Nook, but that's what I named it. <laughs> <laughs> we can call it Ning's Home. I can call it Ning's Nook. That's pretty great. I like that. So she's going to say, I, I think we should check out Ning's Home and see if we can find anything there. And if not, we should maybe try and scout the perimeter beyond camp. Okay. So Pax has moved like 60 feet to get to the north side of camp and let you look around there. And their turn will come around before yours. So I think with that turn, they will get you over to Ning's place. Okay. But that's that's what we're going to be doing is just kind of continuing to look in the places where she she may be. Investigating. You all who still have mounts, which I suppose is just Ira and Gideon, if you want to give you know, the werewolves that you're with instructions, they can do stuff on their turn to help you. Okay. Cool. Okay. Now, Tonrir. <laughs> <laughs> Tonrir's been waiting. Tonrir, you and your one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you and your (laughs) seven friends. Your menagerie. You and your menagerie, it is now your turn. All right. So as this menagerie busts in, (laughs) they grind to a stop. Like you can kind of see the mud and the dirt just kind of shovel up in front of them as they stop and get a quick assessment of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first thing that's going to happen is the roan horse. Ivan's horse is going to move over to mm-hmm. where the two werewolves were attacking two of the pack. Who are these two again? Rora and Orland. So the horse is going to go support Rora and Orland and is going to make a flanking attack against this werewolf to get a plus two bonus uh, and use its hooves to buck up and hit the back of the werewolf to get its attention. Okay. So this horse has seen some shit in the last 24 hours. And I think safe to say was was motivated <laughs> by you <laughs> to take up the call to action. Um, <laughs> incredibly. And this horse has chosen to fight a werewolf. There's no restrictions on like what animals you can make fight other. Like this would be a tough sell to a horse. <laughs> Dear horse, go fight this werewolf. It looks like a thing that was designed specifically to eat you because horses are prey animals. Does that, your spell is such that like your horse doesn't have to make a saving throw of any kind. They can just like do that. For summon nature's ally, they will attack as they normally would with general commands with the handle animal command. uh, It enhances it further. Okay. All right. And really, it was the only creature in that slot that I could readily summon. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's awesome. I'm just trying to think about this horse. The horse kicks this werewolf and was like, that one's for Ivan. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm here for it. Go ahead and attack this werewolf with Ivan's horse. Yep. So that's a 17 to hit. 19 with the flanking bonus. Okay. Yeah, that'll hit. Okay. And that is going to do two damage from one hoof and... Three damage from the other hoof. So a total of five damage. Okay. And this is just, if you have ever seen a horse try to defend its owner, it's kind of that same energy. I've been the person who gets kicked by the horse. (laughs) It's not fun. (laughs) So I have some understanding. What were you doing to its owner? (laughs) I, well, (laughs) I was its temporary owner at the time and it wasn't thrilled about it. (laughs) All right. Awesome. Yeah. Well done. Cool. Okay. So Ivan's horse with a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with a, a very determined uh, Winnie comes and kicks this werewolf right in the butt. 
as it should. The next thing that happens is the spider is also going to flank the other werewolf that is right alongside them at a diagonal mm-hmm. and kind of scurries up with those eight legs, moves r- right across the ground really quick to <laughs> get to that werewolf. And as it does so, it's going to cast web on the werewolf. Nice. This werewolf flips around and just has this expression of what the fuck is happening as a giant (laughs) spider runs up and I guess whiffs around its booty and shoots a web at this werewolf who's just hanging out. Well, not hanging out. This werewolf's attacking. I don't mean to make it sound like this is a bystander, but like, oh my God, how scary would that be? Okay. Does that give them the entangled? Yeah, there is a DC to clear it. So it's going to be a DC of 17 that they'll have to clear. And that's a, what, reflex? Yes. Okay. All right. That's not going to do it. Okay. So this light-colored wolf that is attacking Rora and Orland is now stuck in place, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. On their turn, they can try to do an escape artist check or uh, bust the web with a strength check. Okay. 14 to break it. Okay. Got it. Cool. So the horse and the and the spider move in unison to try to get the attention of these two werewolves that are laying these punches and to try and offer a little bit of reprieve. Mm-hmm. The bear that is not Tonrear. Bear bear. Is going to, the bear bear is going to make its way and it's going to try to get over to help out Reva. Okay. So bear bear, like, Bowls over this table. Yep. <laughs> of where the feast was laid out towards the fire pit, towards these two werewolves, towards Reva. So that bear has made its way over to the werewolves that are attacking Reva and will be working on getting their attention on its next turn. This bear shows up on like an incredibly chaotic scene. There are logs everywhere. These werewolves are like trying to chase Reva but are beginning to trip. It's pure pandemonium over there. And then finally, Tonrear himself. Don't forget about your owl, by the way. Uh, yes, thank you. Mm-hmm. Let's actually do that. I'm just going to send Ruthuin actually just joining the fray because Ruthuin was diving down. And since he was up in the air, I will also send it to Horas, the werewolf that is sitting right by the hatchet stump here to do an attack and distract it. Okay, so one of the uh, werewolves that's attacking Reva is going to go get distracted by Rulthuin. Yes. That will be a 24 to hit. That'll hit. Okay. And that's going to be a measly three damage and two damage. So five damage to that werewolf. Okay, awesome. Good. Okay, that werewolf looks not great. So that black werewolf who has taken this hit from Court of Shards and Gideon's Ice Dagger and is tripping over logs and now is being attacked by an owl. This werewolf is just done. This werewolf is done with this. (laughs) He's not going to do this anymore. And I think he just like curls up and... Takes a nap. (laughs) He has fallen back into like a passive position. And yeah, that's it. He's not going to fight anymore. Cool. I think that's the main goal for Tonrear is to demoralize instead of just kill and to get them to drop out of the fight. It would be sad if he did kill them because they are just people who live here. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. And then finally, Tonrir, having seen 
Reva and Gideon head up toward the north side of the camp by the campfire and just north of that campfire. And not seeing Lena is going to make a run toward Ning's cottage on the west side of the camp, past some brush and some of the cots and hammocks, and is on an active hunt. That's where Gideon and Pax were going to go next, or we're heading. Yeah, so... Okay. Tonware is going to look there, and just not knowing is going to do a scent check Mm -hmm. to see if he can smell anything specifically. Do you have some kind of like tracking skill or? Yes. Under bear form specifically, there's actually a smell, like a scent, a skill. Okay. Yeah. Roll that. And so that'll be a dirty 20. And that will be Tonrir stopping and looking around. He's peering. And he's going to lift his snout up into the air, and you can see the nostrils flaring as he's taking in these whiffs of air around him to see if he can smell something. All right. You smell a lot of things. Mostly, you smell a lot of werewolves. Mm -hmm. And you don't smell Lena. Not at all. But if you are looking inside Ning's house, what you see are five very small Werewolves. Oh no, babies! Hmm. And they appear to be huddled up together. Oh god. Okay. Does Tonry have a complete line of sight into Ning's cottage, or is it partially obscured? I think it's partially obscured. And I'm gonna roll someone in. You can see into Ning's place. And, and you can see those five small werewolves huddled up. And there is a werewolf that is closer to the front. It is like a blonde werewolf, like a warm yellowish colored werewolf. And it's a child. Okay. Tonrir sniffs. And if they've been in any forest, they will see that this bear that is standing in front of them doesn't have its hair bristled on end and it doesn't look like it's posturing. It looks like it's looking and is just going to try and make his way past Ning's cottage to just kind of pie the rest of the entrance and see if there's anybody else in there that he might see. Okay. So you're, you're trying to be non-threatening mm-hmm. by sort of knowing how this works I want some kind of check. Handle animal or... Diplomacy. <laughs> Diplomacy. I'll do handle animal for that. Okay. Because that is far better than my diplomacy. <laughs> 18. As you go to examine the situation and do your best to convey that you are calm and that you are not a threat, you hear Lena. And she says, Huh. Nature and her laws are precious to you, right until they're not convenient. Right until they're in your way. Then you turn into a bear. There's nothing natural about the way you play with life. And take a minus two to that check. So it'll be 15. Okay. 16? Or 16. Sorry, yeah, 16. As Lena's doing this, just giving some mental insight, Tonrir is a bit of 
back seating to this experience because this is his first time having truly transformed. So if she's getting through and trying to distract the bear, she's succeeding. However, it's not Tonrier that she's hearing thinking back as much as the bear. And the bear, the only thing that is on the front of his mind is prey. Hmm. And I think that feeling, whether it is directed at Lena or not, comes through in the bear's body language, comes through in your body language. So this small werewolf, this small blonde three-legged werewolf, who you can assume is Auden, who you can assume is Pax's kid, comes to the front of Ning's house and fills the doorway with his relatively small form. But even a baby werewolf is still a werewolf. And he lets out the biggest roar he can muster. And he is going to try to intimidate you. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Is it a pulse saving throw against that? I think so. Uh, it's going to be 21 if that's what it is. Okay. He got a 20, all told. So you can see this child, but this werewolf child for the brave creature that he is. And <laughs> it's maybe not intimidating as much as it is. It got the message across. You got the message. And I think you also probably feel a sense of respect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is a child, but a very brave child. You know, when you clap at a bear in the woods and it like veers back a little bit and the ears go back, it's exactly what happens with Tonrir. And he's just going to keep moseying past the nook going north. On its east side. Okay. I like how you said that, like, people Just regularly go clap at bears. <laughs> <laughs> As you do. Kaz and I, when we were in Grand, Grand Teton, there's signs everywhere that say, like, you have to bring big groups and, like, talk or sing or something. So we spent, like, the entire time hiking around the Grand Teton singing Steven Universe songs <laughs> very loudly. <laughs> I know that Pax and I were making our way over there. Would Pax hear Auden's roar and like put a hustle in, st in their step? I think it would put a hustle in their bustle. And we'll hit that when it's Pax's turn. Okay. All right. Next in the order is me. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was all alone with Solus surrounded <laughs> by other werewolves. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. I'm trying to get something over there to help you. Well, my plan was to head out. <laughs> I, I'm a head out. <laughs> I was just thinking of that exactly. <laughs> I need a will saving throw for your bear. Not the bear you are, but the bear you're friends with. The bear bear. For bear bear. I need a will saving throw for bear bear. Okay. That is going to be uh, 16. Coolness. Coolness. I, for a second, I doubted myself because I was like, is that the name I'm supposed to use? It is. <laughs> <laughs> Coolness. Your bear that you brought to this party falls quiet and still. Bear, bear, no. And appears suddenly harmless. And sits down. Just sits? Just sits. I just pictured this bear splooting. <laughs> Basically, yeah. This bear just sits down. God. And this bear is not fighting anymore. Okay. And all right. Now, 
What did she just say? Yes, that's exactly what it is. (laughs) Kaz just sent a very cute gif of a bear sitting at a picnic table. This is Dre Silvertooth, and thank you for listening to episode 42 of Bad Heroes, part 17 of the Wild Hunt arc. Hey, happy holidays! Our show has grown so much in 2021, and that is entirely thanks to you. Just by listening, you are helping us grow. If you've told a friend, left a review, mentioned us on social media, or became a patron, then you are the lifeblood of the show, and we could not do it without you. We appreciate everything you've done to support us, friends. And as a GM and storyteller, I appreciate our listeners and our players trusting me to guide you through this world. It is a great deal of trust to let yourself care about the world and the people that they are portraying, so thank you for that gift. In return, I hope we are making you laugh and adding some chaotic fantasy action to your day. It'll be a short mid-up this week. I am mostly here to say that, and thank you for your support. And hey, if you are feeling extra generous this holiday season and want to thank some of your favorite bards, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash badheroes, or a Kofi, kofi.com slash badheroes. As always, we want to thank our sponsor, Roll20, for the rad visual tabletop we used in this episode's encounter. You can build your own and play games with your friends from anywhere at Roll20.net. We also want to shout out our partners at Grinding Coffee, who have released some exciting new flavors just in time for the holidays. You can use the code BADHEROES, all one word, at grindingcoffee.co for 10% off your next coffee order. Music in this episode includes Run by Kai Engel, who is like the best composer ever, please go check out Kai Engel, and Trees in the Wind by Daniel Birch. Our theme is Solve the Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane. We also used an original composition by Coolness called The Turn, arranged for the episode by Leanne and Coolness. We're going to put the full song up on our Patreon, along with composer notes by Coolness himself. You can get that and all kinds of bonus content from the show for as little as $2 a month at patreon.com slash badheroes. Seriously, Coolness, this song slaps. If you want to shout at us on social media, you can find us at Bad Heroes Cast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. This month, we introduce a new hashtag for spoilers as we head into arc finale territory. You can tag your posts with the hashtag Bad Heroes Spoilers to yell about all the twists and turns of this arc. I think that is everything. Our next episode will be out as soon as we can get it to you. I hope you understand if that's later than usual because we all want to enjoy the holidays. See you then. All right, now it's time for all of my fucking uh, werewolves. All right. Black werewolf is done. He's down and out. Now, the brown werewolf is entangled. Who is entangled and is between Riva and this bear who has just sat down and is done, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> who I shall call Pooh Bear from now on. 
this werewolf that is between Riva and this bear is tripping over logs and is going to try to get their life together. So this round, this werewolf, this brown werewolf, they can only move at half speed and they're going to take an additional minus two. They also already have a minus two from before when <laughs> you were a terrifying tentacle creature and they are still shaken by that that terrible mm-hmm. event that they witnessed. So even moving at half speed, this werewolf is able to catch up to you. Mm-hmm. This werewolf is like tripping and falling over these logs. I know that that sounds funny, but, like, it's actually pretty terrifying. (laughs) This werewolf on all fours is, like, roaring and snarling and, like, ripping through this firewood as they chase after you. And they're going to try to hit you. This werewolf gets past your mischance. And the AC to beat is 26. I mean, I think they're going to try to bite you. I think any sense of decorum is out the window, so this is... Okay, 17 plus... Oh, hmm, I used the wrong AC earlier. Someone hit that shouldn't have been able to hit, but that's okay. 19, 20. Okay, 20 does not hit. So lucky you. So these huge werewolf jaws snap basically right where your ankle just was. Uh, and not just your ankle, like your whole leg, like these werewolf jaws just snap where your entire leg just was. And you, for a brief moment, imagine how that might have gone for you. <laughs> Reva's life flashes before her eyes for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. She sort of dances out of the way at just like the last second. Her trajectory is that she is continuing to run like across the fire pit area. Okay, great. And then the wolf that's fighting Harlow. Ooh. Hmm. The wolf that's fighting Harlow got bit hard and is bleeding, but is starting to get the upper hand on Harlow, but hasn't broken away from Harlow yet. She is very focused on Harlow. And then we have the two wolves that are near (laughs) Rora Orland, the spider, and Ivan's horse. Look at my horse. (laughs) My horse is amazing. (laughs) All right, what do I even fucking do with these guys? Oh, boy, do I not want to kill Ivan's horse. Okay. Well, that's good news because a werewolf that was going to attack Ivan's horse rolled a two. Nice. So that's great. The werewolf who is attacking your spider got a 19. Okay. And that is that is good. That will hit? Yep. All right. So that werewolf is going to try to chomp down on your spider. I'm really sorry, spider. Does it have to get out of entanglement first to do so? I think entanglement means if the spider is in its range, it just takes a minus two. Okay. Can the spider turn into a werewolf? <laughs> it's not the preferred host. Doesn't mean it can't happen, baby. No, it, it, a spider cannot turn into a werewolf. Spider wolf. Now, maybe if Tonra was a spider and got bit by a werewolf and then turned back into an elf man, that would be... Oh, that'd be the best. <laughs> would it? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this werewolf bites down on your spider, on the abdomen of your spider for five damage. Okay. And is also... Crunchy. <laughs> this is very funny. So when a werewolf bites, it gets to... No, no crunchy. That's horrifying. <laughs> Sorry. Not crunchy. Crunchy. <laughs> <laughs> the werewolf gets to use a trip ability. 
And what's great about this is when you use trip, if the target has more than two legs, add plus two to the difficulty check of the combat maneuver for each additional leg. I have to add eight. There's eight legs. To the difficulty check of the combat maneuver. <laughs> this werewolf has to do a, basically a breakdancing move to sweep through all the legs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you have a plus eight to your combat maneuver defense. And <laughs> let me just oh roll God. that really fast. This mental image. I want to note right now, <laughs> the combat maneuver defense is normally 15, but it's 27 versus trip. <laughs> good, good luck. Good luck with that. That's not going to do it. That's a crisp 13, so that's nothing. Okay, so your spider with its bajillion <laughs> legs manages to tap dance its way out of a grapple, but still takes a crisp five damage. How's your spider looking? It's not bad. Uh, it's 17 of 22 right now. Okay. The bite definitely got its attention, but it's it's still in it. Okay, those are my friends. Your friends. <laughs> These are my friends. <laughs> These are my <laughs> friends. Okay, those are my friends. And <laughs> Guardians, Harlow is continuing to wrestle with that werewolf and basically keeping her away from you, Ira. And Rora and Orland are going to strike at the werewolves that are between them and the spider and the horse. And by the way, Rora and Orland are like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> okay, and they get one hit off against these werewolves. As I play Pathfinder with myself. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> Ira. Uh. Solus is there. Solus is with you. Solus is ready to do whatever you think would be helpful. What would you like Solus to do? Did Ira hear the baby growl? I don't think so. There's so much snarling between you and mm -hmm. that baby growl. I don't think I don't think you did. Do you think Ira saw Tonrir there? go in a certain direction yeah you probably saw ton bear head to the left okay. now God damn it. yeah it's gonna be ton bear sorry <laughs> i don't know that you know that's ton rear though with the blue markings you didn't see them though you failed the well you didn't have perception all that yeah because you you had to see past gideon and pax past the other werewolves past a spider and ton rear was only illuminated by a few beetles but did I see the spider? Because, like, the spider I would associate with Tan. Yes. You see a okay. spider. You see a different bear sitting down in the middle of camp for some reason. <laughs> you see Ivan's horse. You know, I don't think you got a very good look at any of this because of, you know, what, what's kind of called the fog of war. Like, there's just a lot going on, so you really can't see very well. So I feel like you might see that there were two bears. Maybe you couldn't make out the runes, <laughs> and you're like, why is Tanner just sitting in the middle of <laughs> <laughs> is this your first shift on here? Are you having a hard time? <laughs> but I did see Gideon leave and on Pax. Yeah, you probably yeah. saw Pax leap across the camp. She was like yeah. right in front of me. Yeah, bye. I think you can spot Gideon and Pax for sure. Well, I think Ira is going to look around and realize that none of his party is near him and he's surrounded by werewolves. <laughs> you absolutely are, yes. <laughs> and he's going to look at Solus and say, I think I need to get out of here. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I need to get to my party. Can we follow where Gideon and Pax went? Gideon and Pax are making their way towards Ng's house. I still don't know where that's happening in the order. Okay. These are kind of happening, happening simultaneously. So Gideon and Pax are crossing camp to the west, heading towards Ning's house while you're trying to figure out what to do. 
Okay, so maybe I ask Solus if we can head northwest, cutting through the... The knocked-over table. Okay. The knocked-over table and the fire pit, kind of towards the calm-down cul-de-sac. Okay, yeah, so you head towards Gideon and Pax, and I think you meet up with Gideon and Pax, and you see that you are actually near the calm down cages. You are near Ning's house. You are near a couple other small houses and, of course, hammocks strung up in the trees and some tents. And yeah, I think you're able to catch up with Gideon and Pax, and if you guys want to want to talk to each other, you absolutely can. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Can Reva shout at Ira? Yeah. Okay. Reva sees Ira heading towards sort of the calm down area. And, you know, while she's like dodging <laughs> this werewolf that's like snapping at her, she's like, Ira, 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 Ira. <laughs> Is there anyone in that cage over there? The one that's nearest Ira and Gideon. Ira hears Reva and sees Reva in a, per- <laughs> a precarious situation. <laughs> Ira perceives Reva and her situation. And looks around for the cage that Reva is talking about. And should I roll a like perception check to see if I can see like through the woods? Yeah, there's a cage to the northwest of you and it's it's to your right. And yeah, go ahead and roll a perception check. Oh, wow, that's high. Well, a 21. Okay, yeah, there's nobody in there. You can say with relative confidence. Ira says with relative confidence, <laughs> there's nobody in there. Can you open it? Should I roll perception to see if I can open it? <laughs> no, you you can open it. Okay. Ira nudges Solus. I, Solus and Pax high five as they pass like ships <laughs> in the night. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you can swing open that door. Okay. The door itself swings open easily and you can see that On the outside of the door, there is this massive padlock. And the padlock is open. You don't see a key, but you imagine that if someone or something were to go in there, you could close the padlock and it would be, a werewolf could not open that padlock. It's huge. And it's clearly designed of whatever this whole cage is designed of that they cannot break. Okay. So yeah, you mess with some latches and open the door. Okay. Kind of blending your your turn in with Solus's turn. I'm totally cool with that. A team. You're the next person in the round, so... Okay, cool. Ira sees the big padlock, sees that it's it's undone, and swings it open for whatever Reva's crazy plan is. <laughs> Chaos. <laughs> and gets out of the way. <laughs> okay, so Ira and Solus leap across camp and pass Gideon and Pax <laughs> <laughs> and swing open that calm down cage door and step out of the way and let Reva know it's empty. Now, Gideon, Pax is charging with you across camp. And where are you trying to get Pax to go? Gideon wanted to go and investigate Ning's place, but I assume Pax had their own sense of urgency to go check on their son. Okay, yeah. Pax speeds up. Pax knows what Auden sounds like. Pax speeds up, and you guys were heading towards Ning's house anyway, and now Pax is heading towards Ning's house at a dead sprint. And Pax, with Gideon on their back, slides to a halt beside Tonrear or the Ton Bear and Auden, who is trying to sort of protect the doorway of Ning's house with the other, you know, you would assume like young or children werewolves behind him. And Pax gets to a halt and sort of surveys the situation. Tonrear, what are you doing right now? <laughs> Tonrear had, as soon as that war emanated from their son, 
the ears folded back and he sidesteps a little bit to give some distance to Auden and then was going to continue going north so that way he could still survey inside the entrance as he moved past, kind of pieing it. Okay. Yeah, Pax kind of skids to a halt right in front of Auden. And Auden was like putting on a big show, making his fur as big as possible, you know, holding his claws up all scary. And as soon as his parent shows up, Auden like visibly deflates and kind of does look like like a pup again. And I think Pax just like rubs their face on Auden's face uh-huh. briefly and growls, um, you're doing great. Stay in there. Stay out of the way, okay? And Auden sort of lets out a little noise and draws back into the house. Anton, where you can see that there are just those five baby werewolves in there. That's it. Okay. And of course, all of Ning's belongings. And on the lintel above the door, there are also a ton of weapons. Tonry's going to grab some by his teeth and just swing it about. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, you don't have thumbs, but... Tonry is a weapon. (laughs) Okay. Um... So that was Pax and Reva. It is you. Oh, it's me. Mm-hmm. How convenient. Let's see. <laughs> Trying to decide. Um, yeah, fuck it. Okay. Um, oh, no. That's never what you want to hear. <laughs> that's like Reva's tagline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Why not? Rest in um, peace. Because <laughs> I can... I can move one, two, three, four. Cat <laughs> yeah, sent a gif in the group chat that's a dude and saying, portal away! And then he falls back into a portal and disappears. Appropriate. All right. Riva is going to run uh-huh. towards the cage that Ira just opened. Now, you are in melee range. Mm-hmm. And, and this werewolf definitely has like some debuffs going on, but you are in melee range. Which means that even though they can't necessarily keep up with you very well right now because they're tripping over all these logs, mm-hmm. they still get an attack of opportunity when you leave their reach. Yeah. That was probably Reva's fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So let me yep. just do that real fast. Do, do, do. So that's a 30%. So they miss. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm. All right, you get away scot-free. Now what? Okay, so she's like, she's sprinting. She's like sprinting across camp, past the logs, past the fire pit. And she's just like shouting over her shoulder, that all you got? Huh? Huh? (laughs) And she's going to run straight into the cage. Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) Cool and good. Okay, so this werewolf is on your heels. This werewolf is absolutely on your heels. And yeah, because the Entangled ended after one round. So this werewolf was able to like scramble free of all of those logs and leaps into this cage after you. And as this werewolf leaps into this cage, this massive form, and this cage is not that big, by the way. There's not really anywhere to go. As this werewolf leaps into this cage after you, you hear... You're interesting, Reva. What won't you do to prove you're not afraid? Not afraid of death, maybe. But there are things worse than death, aren't there? Reva just sort of snaps like, you have no idea what you're talking about. The werewolf follows you in and Ira outside the cage (laughs) just looks on in horror, I can only assume. (laughs) 
I'm waiting to see if a uh, certain river is underneath that cage. <laughs> yeah, and to be clear, the cage has a top and a bottom and all the walls. There's no opening in this cage once the door is shut. The door behind the werewolf is still open right now. All right. Um, I think that's my turn. Uh, because you ran. Yep. Yeah, that's true. You find Riva in this cage with a werewolf. Cage fight. <laughs> <laughs> to go in, one comes out. I was imagining this one of a couple of ways, and one of them was that uh, gif I just sent. <laughs> <laughs> You have, to, you have to describe the gifts you sent for, for the listeners. It's the uh, scene from Lion King where Zazu is in that cage and he's like, let me out, let me out. And Timon's like, let me in, let me in. <laughs> As Timon is being pursued by a bunch of hyenas. <laughs> All right. Gideon, it's your turn. So now that we're over here next to Ning's place and the... Baby werewolves are inside. It probably doesn't seem like there's much of anything to find in there. Mm-mm. Then you can give me a perception check. Okay, I'll do that. Okay, good. 17 plus 8, 25. Hello? Hello. <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> 25 is always an interesting DC to meet because 25 across a lot of different tables means success. But not always. So whenever mm-hmm. you, somebody rolls a 25, I'm like, hmm, let's see what happens. Are you scanning like Ning's place in particular or just kind of looking around in general? Since Pax was addressing Auden and kind of looking in there with all the baby pups, Gideon will be scanning the area around. Okay. Outside. You know that Lena is not here. She's not in Ning's house. She's not around Ning's house. She's not... On this side of camp. However, you do see, or maybe even more have a feeling, you do see or perceive something going on in the north side of the calm down pull de sec. Okay. And this part of camp is actually really quiet because all of the adult werewolves are in the center of camp near the fire pit. They are closer to the fray, closer to the action. Nobody is over here except whatever you are perceiving. Okay. Then Gideon's going to tap on Pax's shoulder and just kind of point in that direction, not saying anything. Okay. Yeah, Pax can kind of take your movement action for you, so if you want to walk up that way, you can. Yeah. Okay. Let's go investigate. You go to investigate, and... A spider jumps out of the tent and I die. <laughs> yes. So I really like the idea that I'm like right next to the situation where Reva is in a cage with a werewolf and Gideon just goes, yeah, she's got it. <laughs> she's got that. <laughs> As you approach sort of the north side of the calm down cul-de-sac or the north side of the west part of camp, you have two calm down cages to your left, one to your right, which currently contains Reva and a werewolf. There is a tent directly in front of you. And when you peek inside, you see a lot of green, you see a bow, you see a bow display with a handful of other bows there, you see a fur sleeping bag, and you kind of get the impression that this is probably Iris's place. Fucking do it. And you are trying to hone in on that sense of movement, that 
that something is here that you can't quite see yet, but I think you are beginning to hone in on that location, and it seems as if something or someone is north outside of camp near Iris's tent. I would say Gideon urges Pax to go out further, investigate the actual movement. Okay. And and as you're doing that, Pax is sniffing and they're getting progressively more frustrated and they're like, why can't I smell her? I don't understand. And you pass north of Iris's tent into the trees. And as you walk into the trees, of course, things become darker as you lose the moonlight. And do you have low light vision or dark vision? I have dark vision. All right. So you can still see. And as you pass through this darkness between these trees, you see a figure. You see a figure up in one of those trees. Don't burn the forest down, please. <laughs> I see a figure up in the trees. Mm-hmm. Even though you have dark vision, it's it can still be very challenging to see through all of the branches and everything, and you see what looks like a silhouette standing up high in one of these trees. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Has this just happened? Gideon and Pax walked in and we just saw the silhouette? Mm-hmm. Gideon and Pax kind of walk out into that area, and as soon as Gideon sees that there's a figure up in the tree, she just reflexively casts flare up at it, which creates a burst of light. There is a fortitude saving throw for it, though. Okay. Let me pop that off really fast. Okay, it was a natural 20. (sighs) So pretty (laughs) sure that'll do it. But what this flare does do is light up the scene for you. And... You see the shadows of leaves. Rain is absolutely pouring. The leaves are moving in the wind and the rain. And there are all of these like moving shadows cast around this flare. How long does the flare last? Just for a second, right? Yeah, it's an instantaneous thing. So I would assume it would be kind of like how a crack of lightning would illuminate something. So this flare bursts out in front of this figure. And you see Lena. Lena is crouched in this tree on the north side of camp, and she's gripping the trunk. And in one of her hands is a bowl of water that she is staring into. And you can see in this instant that her eyes are reflective in the moonlight, like a wolf's. And her nails and fingers are longer than they should be. Her ears are faintly misshapen. It's subtle, But you can see now, in this moment this close, she does look a little wolfish. She looks exactly as if one of the guardians, who you've seen shift now several times, began to shift and got stuck one second in. And when she looks up at you and smiles, you see pointed teeth. Okay. And in that flash, when Gideon sees that, Tonrir and Reva probably feel a new burst of anger come through their bond. (laughs) And Gideon yells, She's here! All right, Tonrir, it is you. Okay. First up in the order, I'm going to try to do a will-saving throw for the bear that's been 
picnicked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I picture this bear seriously just like sitting on the edge of camp. Just like happily looking around. I feel like he's just <laughs> nomming. I was going to imagine he was like, ah, I'm here to fight. And then was like, ooh, table full of food. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's exactly what happened. The bear has sort of wandered towards the food. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> because, because this this table has been like knocked over, right? Like this bear actually bowled over this table on his way to fight. There's just food and everywhere. So this food has rolled onto the floor, and this bear is sitting there just like picking through the food that has fallen and is chewing on a quisine mushroom. Oh no! Wait. Oh no! Why? Why? Even more docile. Oh, yeah, great. And go ahead and give me that will save. Uh, twenty-two. Okay, that that'll do it. Okay, good. So, while in animal form, Tanrir cannot communicate, which means that he cannot actually command Rulthuin or the other animals, but he can communicate with the other bear because he's in bear form. Okay. And what's going to happen is Tanrir is going to let out a roar as soon as he hears. Oh, now it's my turn to say, what's your fucking name? <laughs> Gideon. Gideon. <laughs> that, that one you've known for years. Yeah, Who can for say? For years. The yeah. mean one. Um, <laughs> the mean one. Uh, as soon as. She, pre- she prefers <laughs> driven. <laughs> as soon as he hears Gideon say, she's here, Tonmer is going to let out a roar of his own, and he's going to start charging up that way, and the other bear is going to follow suit with him and just start moving in that general direction. So I pictured the other bear looking up like cheeks stuffed full of food going, (laughs) I'm here for a thing. (laughs) Let's see. 10, 20, 30, 40. Yeah. So that's as far as they're going to be able to get right now. Mm -hmm. Then next up on the list. So that that action's happening at the same time. I think Ivan's roan horse, who is now face to face with a werewolf. Yeah, probably doesn't love that. No, does not love that at all. Is going to be very defiant and try to turn around to buck the werewolf. Okay. With its rear hooves. That's going to be a 16 to hit. Uh, no. Mm-mm. Okay. The spider is going to attack the other werewolf that it had just snared in its web. Okay. And then had just taken a bite out of the spider. And that is going to be a 19 to hit. No. Okay. So the spider, as it's trying to retaliate for what just happened, is using its legs to bat at the werewolf. And its jaws are just snapping right at the werewolf as it's trying to get that bite in. And as it's doing so, the werewolf might see that there is poison Dripping from the fangs mm. of the spider. Mm. What color is spider blood, by the way? We can go with green. Just make it make it awesome. Okay, yeah. So so that werewolf has like green blood dripping from its jaws. And this spider also presumably has some green poison dripping from its mouth. So it's a real horror show in that sort of 10-foot area. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay, cool. Wilthween is... Everybody's just abandoned Rothaween, apparently. He's he's right next to the fire, and he was swooping at somebody. They backed off. The other werewolf fucked off to the cage with Reva, and Rothaween is just like, I don't know what to do. So, <laughs> It's that meme of the dude looking around like, where did 
fuck? So I guess what will happen is Rulthawin will just go toward the nearest opponent, which is probably one, two, three. It'll be the werewolf fighting the spider. Or or the werewolf fighting Harlow. Yeah. So let's send Rulthawin over there. Okay. Just to do another another attack. So Rulthawin comes to Harlow's aid. Yep. And is going to be distracting as he is. Okay. And we'll do a another talent strike. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a natural one. Okay. Nope. 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 <laughs> and I've realized in like re-listening that I've been way too gentle on everybody, my NPCs, but also you all when you roll natural ones. Much worse things need to be happening when you all roll natural ones. So Rulthawin is trying to dive in and do like a talent strike. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think this werewolf who is in the middle of fighting Harlow sees Rulthawin swooping in and snatches Rulthawin out of the air. <gasps> oh no. And crushes Rulthawin against the ground. Oh no. Oh God. Okay, so with that having happened, I'm glad, kind of, that Tonrayer doesn't see this immediately. Mm-hmm. You've headed up towards Gideon and Lena, right? Yeah, so he's here. He's going to be making his way downtown, walking fast. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Kaz wrote Dispitch on the square that... <laughs> <laughs> yep. As Lena. Tonrayer's charging up that way to see what he can do, but I don't know that... Anything can be done because the additional movement to get up the tree is going to be more than he's able to do right now. So if Lena decides to stay in the tree, Tonru's going to climb it Okay. on his next round. And the only other thing that I think will happen is one of the fire beetles is actually going to come into the section of the forest too to illuminate the area. So this fire beetle will probably reside below the tree where Lena is and right next to Gideon. Okay, so a fire beetle is illuminating sort of Lena from below, which, as we all know from doing it with a flashlight, creates a pretty horrifying (laughs) uh, appearance. She's already in a pretty horrifying state, as it is. So, Tonrir, Gideon, you are looking up at Lena. She is standing in this tree. She is lit from below by this fire beetle that's buzzing around, and she's holding this bowl of water. Give me a really quick perception check, both of you. That's 18 plus 8, 26. Okay. Uh, 25. Oh, wait, minus four. Is the illumination, can I cancel out the perception modifier? The perception modifier is like because of the rain, because right. it's raining so hard, so no. Okay, uh, 22. 22 for both of you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can't tell exactly what's going on with this bowl of water. But she is holding it as if it is important. Is this a nature spell she's channeling? No. Okay. Identify spells cast using a specific material component. Mm. Um, That is a knowledge arcana. So if I saw that water bowl, could I just try and identify what spell? Yeah, why not? Okay. So you see this water bowl and you're going to make an arcana check to try to figure out what it is. Yes. Oh, hang on. Mm Mm-hmm. I have a plus to this. 17 plus. Oh, shit. Nine. Okay. Oh, damn. 26. And it says the difficulty check is 20. So give me that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. So 
what she's doing is called scrying. It is a spell from the School of Divination. And what you need for this spell is a pool or circle of water. And it enables her to observe a creature at distance, any distance. So using this, if the subject fails a will-saving throw, then she can see what they're doing. She can hear what they're doing. And you realize that that is exactly how she's been spying on you this entire time. That is how she heard what Iris whispered to herself when she was afraid. That is how she has been able to get to know all of you so intimately. That is how she has been doing this whole fucking thing. And it has to be liquid water? Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, Tanru, it's a very strange sensation because you can hear her. You can hear her speaking out loud, but she's speaking softly so that you, with your ears, can just barely hear it. But in your mind, it's very loud. And you hear... Tanrir, now that you've had a taste of being at the top of the food chain, don't you want to keep going? Wouldn't it be better if you never had to stop? And I would like you to give me a will-saving throw. Oh no. Oh no. I'm sorry in advance, everyone. Oh no. It's an 11. Oh no! Oh gosh. <laughs> Question to modify this possibly. I have a plus two saving throw bonus against enchantment spells and effects, and I have a plus four versus spell like and supernatural abilities of Fey and spells and effects that utilize in target plans, which isn't that, but if it falls under one of those, I would like to know. No, it is not Fey. Okay. So you get a plus two? Yep. Which probably still won't be enough. Thirteen. No, that's not gonna do it. Okay. Oh, God. So, Tonrir, you know what this spell is. This spell that she's just cast is Dominate Animal. And right now, you are an animal. And you hear her say, We're not that different, you and I. You know what's going on here is not the natural way. The predators of Sanguine Silva's hiding from the prey in Sosalia. It's ridiculous. Fight with me, Tonrir. Restore order. Use your teeth. And you see her grin widen as she says, Kill Gideon. Or don't. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) 